welcome to episode 240 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are back with another edition of the ADP Market Report, going to be checking in on this past week's biggest risers and fallers in terms of underdog ADP. A lot of stuff is shifting in the best ball market as camps continue. We had real life NFL football on last night. Josh Jacobs getting carries in the Hall of Fame game. Joey, what's your take? I didn't I didn't watch this game at all, did you? I mean, I watched like the first half of it. It was okay. Definitely surprising to see Josh Jacobs out there with the backups. Both teams essentially rust rested their entire starting lineup so was kind of surprised when Josh Jacobs was out there the first two series of the game getting run at that he I think he ended with like five carries for 30 yards or so and a couple catches and I've seen people look at it from both points of view where it's a bad thing that a veteran running back a first round running back is playing in the hall of fame game and then I've also seen people say that they're not too concerned about it he looked good which he did to be fair but it was also against second and third stringers on the opposing defense so I'm not really too sure what to think of it it's obviously concerning that they're giving him run but they gave every running back run last night so it must have just been a team thing uh to get their running backs involved in the first game I don't, I don't know yeah i mean i guess if you're gonna play your stars in the hall of fame game you want to play the the guys at the position that gets hurt the most frequently right checks out <laughs> i that, yeah i mean that makes no sense to me bro i'm sorry like I, I don't know about all that yeah like i said every running back got playing time so I'm not too sure what to think of the situation, but yeah, it makes no sense. Not sure what Josh McDaniels was thinking by playing, you know, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and Zamir White, like his top three backs. Doesn't make too much sense, but who knows? Continuing real quick with some NFL news before we get into the ADP market report, the report yesterday that sort of came as a surprise with us that Matthew Stafford is dealing with an elbow issue that has been going on, I guess, for months now, and they've been trying to do procedures that aren't quite surgery, but just different medical things to help him get over this. It's being called a bad form of tendonitis. And Sean McVay said, you know, this is an uncommon thing for quarterbacks. The team is kind of learning on the fly how to deal with this. Now, on one hand, you know, Stafford is a player who has consistently throughout his career played through painful injuries. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But this does I mean I mean it's got to be a concern on on some level, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely concerning if it's, you know, a chronic issue or if it will limit him as the season progresses as he continues to take more hits as the wear and tear continues to grow. Honestly, I'm not too sure about what's going to happen. Usually elbow injuries are very like uncommon for football players. It's usually a baseball injury and I don't know if you like know about baseball injuries that much, but the the main injury for like pitchers who are consistently throwing is Tommy John surgery. And if Matt Stafford would need Tommy John surgery, that's a year to two year recovery. 
Damn. Obviously, we're not doctors. We're not medical professionals. We don't know exactly how bad it is and whether or not he will need it. But in terms of the worst case scenario, that would be it. Would be Tommy John surgery out. 12 to 20 months so is the level of concern enough for you to drop him in in your rankings you know he's going after you know brady dak russ and ahead of guys like Carr, rogers and kirk yeah i think that you can drop him a little bit obviously it's a tricky situation and we're gonna have to wait and see and get more information out of reporters uh yesterday one of the main rams beat writers jordan rodriguez she tweeted that uh they declined to call the issue tendonitis but they said it's tricky to deal with and it's abnormal for a quarterback and it's thing that things that mlb pitchers deal with so what i was just saying about tommy john surgery i I don't know this it, it, it could be a tough scene for matt stafford when it's all said and done if it gets worse like he will miss the entire season if the if the doctors think he has to go that route i suppose we just sort of have to play it by ear this news broke you know less than 24 hours ago so it hasn't really set in in terms of like stafford's adp he's down like two spots right now i could see him consistently drop over the next week i think that we'll be talking about him next week on the adp market report as a faller i also think that if we needed any more reason to put justin jefferson clear cut ahead of cooper cup as the wide receiver one that this was it i mean i I had made this move Mm -hmm. prior but this just solidifies it yeah i definitely think that it makes sense to put justin jefferson above cooper cup now with matt stafford you know potentially being at risk of a career-threatening injury at this point in his career. Mm. We will see how this develops. Transitioning now to the ADP changes from the past seven days, a lot of this was injury-related. You know, we sort of talked about this on the last episode, but the biggest fallers were guys who are not going to be playing. Tim Patrick out for the year. Van Jefferson out for an undetermined period of time. Tim Patrick has gone from a, a guy going, you know, in the 116s, 117 to undrafted. Van Jefferson has fallen 17.1 spots. And then, you know, in a a corollary outcome, KJ Hamler is one of our biggest risers. He's up 24 spots, two full rounds. Yeah, we talked about that on Wednesday. Said you probably have a couple days to get the closing line value on KJ Hamler. You know, you brought up a good point that he's not going to play the same role as Tim Patrick, but nonetheless, he is going to play more because you take him out of the lineup, which was my point. And on Wednesday, his ADP had only changed like two or three spots. And so over the last two days, he's increased almost 21 spots in ADP. That was predictable. So I hope everybody got in on that closing line value. I think he probably will plateau somewhere in the range of the 150s to the 160s, though. So he's almost where I think his price will settle in at so there's not much value left but I I think he's still a fine pick yeah I I think that he might be going too highly now I mean in the 160s I there are just other players that I'd rather have wide receiver 74 like I think that's fine you know yeah no it's fine I guess I I mean I have 16 percent exposure to Hamler right now with an average ADP of 207 so I think that I am I'm done I'm good but 
you know, I, I can see the reasoning for getting pieces to a high-powered offense. And KJ Hamler is absolutely part of one. Speaking of another potentially high-powered offense, potentially declining offense, depending on how you on how you look at it, our biggest riser point blank this week was Romeo Dubes, the fourth round rookie wide receiver for the Packers. He's been making exceptional plays or or something like that per a quote from Aaron Rodgers, who's been impressed with his production so far through training camp. He is up all the way to wide receiver 79 with a current ADP of 176. I'm not sure if, you know, the Aaron Rodgers quote is worth a three round jump for dubs, but I I mean, Mm -hmm. how are you looking at this? I've notably been off a vast majority of Packers wide receivers this offseason, as have you. I think that he was probably one of the best bets, him and Randall Cobb, just in terms of value before his rise. And now I, I, I still think he's draftable because he is still the wide receiver 79 and there is a lot of buzz around him. Aaron Rodgers, the specific quote was that he continues to make wild plays every single day in training camp and you just don't see that out of a rookie usually. And then Lewis Riddick said that he's a star in the making. Mm. Uh, he said that yesterday. He works for ESPN if you don't know. I think there's a very good chance that Dubes rises on the depth chart because the competition is not great. You have Alan Lazard, who's okay. You have Sammy Watkins, a career bust. You have Randall Cobb, who's like 77 years old. Who else do they have besides those three guys? Christian Watson. Romeo Dubes is probably going to outproduce Christian Watson this year. I mean, it's on that path if he's developing a connection with Rodgers this early and Watson hasn't been able to practice for some time now. Yeah, I think Dubes is probably the best Packers wide receiver you could draft right now. And I think that his ADP will continue to increase as the offseason goes on, as preseason games get played and you see his usage and he'll probably run with the first team and that will boost his ADP even more. I think it is worth pointing out and I saw somebody else say this so this is not an original idea but it's it's definitely one worth considering is that even you know the absolute greats in recent years for the Packers at wide receiver like Jordy Nelson and and Devontae Adams didn't come out firing in year one like It's always been a slow start, especially with Aaron Rodgers, because he's not the type who's going to be sitting there and and being patient with, you know, young players making mistakes early, especially when we're talking about real NFL games. So I I just I don't want to get too out of control with the hype here. Like, but but I I could definitely see from a value perspective, like I would be taking dubs over Lazard, you know, 10 rounds later, 10 out of 10 times. Another pair of players that we can draw some correlation between in terms of their opposite movements would be Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder, who we have talked about on several shows, but the buzz is just continuing to flow out of Bill's camp that Isaiah McKenzie has been the most dangerous player in the slot and has really taken advantage of his opportunity here to get increased snaps after Cole Beasley's gone and that slot role has sort of been kind of wide open. It's just 30-year-old Jamison Crowder in there trying to 
make a name, but McKenzie's been the more explosive player and he's up 26.1 spots in ADP over the last seven days. His current ADP is 161.8, wide receiver 71. Meanwhile, Jamison Crowder is down to 164.5, which is a 15.5 ADP drop. They're getting extremely close, which is wild to think about because, you know, two or three weeks ago, Crowder was going around 130 and McKenzie was past pick 200. And now they flipped. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Crowder have flipped in terms of the Bills wide receiver three. And I think that it's probably correct, but I think Isaiah McKenzie's ADP is definitely getting to the point where I would start to stay away from him, especially if you have a ton of shares of him when he was being drafted in the 200s, because I think that their slot situation could be relatively fluid as the season goes on. I could definitely see Isaiah McKenzie being the guy early on, And then Jamison Crowder working his way into the rotation and garnering opportunity as the season goes on. He's been a solid wide receiver throughout his entire NFL career. Ultimately, there are a lot of mouths to feed on this Bills offense. I think they are going to play a bunch of these guys. And even Khalil Shakir might get some run as the wide receiver five so if McKenzie continues to rise I think I would stay away and if Crowder continues to fall I think I would start buying Crowder at a depressed price tag just because there are multiple ways that he can he can get there in in this offense at a lower ADP now than Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Crowder's always been a a producer and a target earner, and this is the best offense he's ever been in. So I like this spot for him, especially if his price continues to decrease. Not too much else is super interesting in terms of risers. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell is up a full round, which is interesting. I mean, there were some reports about Miles Sanders working with the second team about a week ago, but, you know, the coach came back in, Nick Sirianni, and doubled down that, you know, Sanders is our number one running back. So, I don't know. I like Kenny Gainwell. He's a pass catcher, and he should definitely be involved in the offense. I don't think that his rise puts him out of play or anything, and I I definitely think he's a better pick than Sanders at value right now going as the running back 47. I don't mind Gainwell. I don't think he's a high-ceiling pick. Obviously, the pass-catching upside is there, but in terms of underdog, it's half PPR. The catches are, are weighted less. So on underdog, I don't really target Gainwell that much. Uh, drafters and DraftKings, I think he's an okay selection. His current ADP is 145.9 on underdog. So it is getting up there, but he should see some work and have a couple spike weeks throughout the season. But it's just going to be a full-blown running back by committee. And then you also have one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL taking away opportunity on the ground and at the goal line and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then you add A.J. Brown, maybe they pass a little bit more. I I just don't necessarily see ways that Gainwell gets there, even with an injury. Fair enough. Our other risers are guys like George Pickens, Jalen Tolbert, Wandale Robinson. This all makes sense. These are guys we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Just been a lot of positive buzz. And you know that people love the unknown. So these rookies getting positive camp reports are inevitably going to be jumping in ADP. Just give me 30 seconds right now on the Deshaun Watson situation. I don't want to waste any more time on this. It's clearly unresolved still, but the NFL did appeal it. 
You know, we talked most recently that it looked like Watson's six-game suspension would hold, but I, I think that it might just be chalked for him at this point. Could definitely be chalked. I mean, the judge ruled six games. The NFL has the ability to appeal, which they decided to do, and now they are letting an attorney general from New Jersey, I believe, reside over the case and make the final decision on Deshaun Watson. They could increase it to 10 games. They could increase it to 12. They could give him a year. They could keep the six. They could indefinitely suspend him, which would essentially be kicking him out of the NFL, which is apparently what the NFL wanted to begin with. It's a crazy situation. We're just going to have to wait and see. I probably would stay away from Watson right now at an ADP of 144, and there's probably a 60% chance or so that this dude doesn't play at all this year, probably higher than that. Yeah, I mean, the the way that this has gone back and forth has been absolutely crazy, and it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight, because obviously Watson will then have the ability to take this to federal court, and and then God knows how long this is going to drag on. So, um, unfortunately, we'll probably be touching on this again in throughout the year. In terms of fallers, we've already touched on the injury guys. We've touched on Jamison Crowder. Russell Gage is another top faller who's down 14.8 spots. His current ADP is 94.9 wide receiver 46. Mike Evans sustained a hamstring injury at practice on Friday. I don't expect that to be super serious. Chris Godwin returned to practice, although the team has been vocal that you know, it's great that he's back. You know, we love to have him out there. It's good he's practicing, but, you know, don't confuse that with him necessarily being game ready week one. If mm-hmm. Russell Gage continues to fall, is he a player that we can be back in on at a depressed ADP, at least relative to where he was going three weeks ago? I mean, I think I would have to see his ADP get into like the 110s, 120s. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's still too high right now with Evans and Godwin and Julio going to be the the top guys in that offense um that makes sense i mean just from an upside perspective if he's going around guys like you know olave sky Moore, I, the upside on them is a lot more enticing right absolutely makes sense ronald jones is another top <laughs> faller as uh i mean just the chiefs backfield continues to get messier and messier and reports on jones haven't been good the first team running back rotation has been clyde edwards hilaire with mckinnon and isaiah pacheo rotating in for the second and third spots rojo seems firmly on the roster bubble unfortunately for my massive exposure to him <laughs> yeah i mean they didn't guarantee that much money to him they only gave him like a million dollars guaranteed it was never a lock for him to make the roster and he really doesn't provide any value in pretty much every facet of the offensive game plan besides strictly running the ball right he's not going to catch passes he's not going to pass protect he's not a change of pace back he's just a two down grinder at this point in his career and Obviously, he's talented in terms of what he does, but if we know the Chiefs and we know how they want to play, you have to be versatile, right? Like, it's that, it's that simple. If you want to be on the Chiefs and play the running back position, you have to be able to do multiple things, and he just can't. So I think that, honestly, we, we should have saw this coming, and it would not shock me if he gets cut before the season starts. So what you're saying is he's he's probably not going for 20 touchdowns like, like I originally hoped? Yeah, probably not. Seeming more and more unlikely by the day. I still think he profiles as the best goal linebacker on that team, but what the what the fuck do I know? Apparently I mean, nothing. Do they ever run at the goal line? 
I mean, they haven't been able to, you know, not since Kareem Hunt, which Isaiah Pacheco has been uh, getting compared to release uh, recently, mm. which is interesting. Very, very interesting. I think that's about it. I don't know. Is there anybody else you want to touch on before we close out here? No, I think a lot of these guys we've already talked about a ton over the last few weeks or so. So I think that's about it. All right, then that will conclude episode 240 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carey and DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on in the podcast, join the inner circle. The link to join our free Discord chat is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.